In Canada, one woman is killed in a violent act every other day. The spike in domestic violence that began during the pandemic is still on the rise. Numbers in Canada have leapt by 27% since 2019, and in Israel, the situation is just as critical, with 16 Israeli women already murdered this year. True to its mission, CHW is stepping up to support emergency services in Canada and Israel at this critical time. Help CHW empower victims of domestic violence by supporting the 27-hour SOS crowdfunding campaign. From August 22nd to 23rd, every dollar will be quadrupled when you donate online at chwsos.ca. This is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, August 29th, 2023. I'm Zach Kaufman. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. This summer, I spent the month of July in Jerusalem. It's a city where, on a scale of 1 to 10, life tends to be cranked up to a 12. Everyone is running hot. Passions are high. Patience is low. And everyone is packed so tightly together they can't bear to give up an inch. Tonight, mass protests paralyzing much of Israel. Yeah, the vote has actually now passed, 64 to 0. In late July, the Israeli government won a major victory in its mission to shift powers from the high court to the legislature, where Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu presides over the governing coalition. The so-called reasonableness bill stripped the high court's ability to use the legal standard of reasonableness to outlaw actions of the government. The day it passed, I went to watch the demonstrations outside the Knesset. Before I could see the protests, I could hear them. Before I could hear them, I could smell them. The police used water cannons with skunk water to try and control the crowds of protesters. The smell is so foul. It's like excrement mixed with rotting animal carcass, drenching entire streets. It makes you woozy after a while. Back home, Canadians were having their own reactions to this historic legislation. Today in our program, the CJN Daily's Ellen Besner brings us the reaction of Canadian Jews from across the community in the days following that vote. What this summer and this pivotal moment in Israeli politics meant to them and their organizations. Those conversations right after this message. Beth David Hebrew School is now accepting new students. One of Toronto's most dynamic, egalitarian, conservative congregations is offering personalized Hebrew lessons, hands-on learning, exciting field trips, and small group activities, all with a hot dinner included. This is Jewish exploration that will last your children a lifetime. Classes run weekly on Monday nights from 5 to 7.15 p.m. starting September 18th. To learn more and enroll, visit BethDavid.com or email Adina, that's A-D-I-N-A, at BethDavid.com. Rabbi Elon Mazur is the national director for the Canadian branch of World Mizrahi, the organization representing the religious Zionist movement. Born in Montreal, he said that what was most concerning for him was how divided Israel has become over this legislation. Well, we are as a community organization and a and an organization that believes in um, the unity of the Jewish people. It believes in uh, building a strong Jewish democracy in the state of Israel. And what we do see is that there is this bill, more than anything, is a boiling point. It's not necessarily this bill, which is what people are arguing about, but rather it's a boiling point of lots of issues that 
never were dealt with. Um, there's something in Israel that's interesting, that the state of Israel was built kind of in a rush, um, and we needed a state, and we needed to put it together, and we kind of cobbled together all the different pieces and said, okay, let's go. Um, and I would imagine as if it's like a, a car that's put together with, with, it's a beautiful car, and it's a wonderful state, and only the greatest things to say, but it was put together with lots of, um, uh, let's say, with, with like masking tape and all these different screws, and and anybody who comes to move any part, the other side yells, don't touch that. If you touch that, it's all going to fall apart. Um, and because all the pieces were put together and all the issues of um, Jewish first de- democratic state, religion and state, army service for the Haredi population, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, have created this boiling point where all of a sudden, even this law, which I don't think that anybody understands this law as being the end all of the most important authority that the, that the Supreme Court has, but it moved a piece. And moving that piece creates this turmoil where everything is so much more charged than it would need to be. Meaning, I don't think that we can look at the situation in a vacuum and try to see why this is making people so angry. There's lots of things on both sides that people are charged. On the side that is pushing towards the reform, they're looking at their place in the state of Israel as as kind of not ever having a say, because no matter how off, how long they were in power, um, they their their vision was consistently struck down. And on the other side, people feeling like the country is going in a direction that they never could have imagined when their parents and grandparents um, were a big part of building the state. And so we have this boiling point. Um, but what I would say is that. The vast majority, uh, someone asked me, it was an interesting uh, insight. Someone asked me whether or not Israel is divided. Now, I think that there, as a society, the vast majority of Israel is not divided. There's a lot more divided countries, societies around the world where people live in completely different places, have completely different visions, have completely different pastimes and, and activities that they do. In Israel, in the end of the day, every single person that I know has a Haredi cousin and a not-religious uncle and a brother who's uh, who's a settler and a, and, a, and a cousin who was in the army in Sayyid Matkal. Like, everybody has everything in their family. The vast majority of Israelis are so tied to each other. Now, even though I'm making this claim based upon what we've seen, it seems like this is crazy that I'm saying we're not a divided country. I would say that there are extreme divisive powers within the country um, where we have to get out of these binaries. We have to break forth and we have to be able to think possibly there are third options. There are more complex perspectives. And while there might seem like individuals on television that live in these binaries, the vast, vast majority of Israelis don't live in these binaries. They live in complex ideologies that think from their own experiences and create these worlds that that are a lot that are a lot more complex than than just a yes or no question to to really 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 difficult questions um, and and I think we have to be looking for those types of answers as opposed to the answers of the binaries. Ben Moraine is the executive director of the New Israel Fund of Canada. He said the most distressing part of this legislation is the way it changes the rules of Israeli politics for the long term. Well, I said a hair on fire, that this was a hair on fire moment half a year ago, and now the house is on fire. 
it's difficult to overstate just how significant this moment is. It's a day that's going to live in the infamy, live in infamy in the history of the state of Israel. You know, despite 29 weeks of mass protests, strikes, marches, acts of civil disobedience, all of this was incredibly inspiring. It's the, the largest mass movement in Israel's entire history. And despite that resistance, uh, despite the warnings of Israel's best friends like Canada and the Canadian government, you know, Netanyahu's extremist government passed the first piece of legislation in their vision of weakening the judiciary. And in doing so, it's weakened Israel's democracy, its economy, its security, not to mention its global standing. Our first reaction was one of of horror. This happened um, in a different way, I think, than Netanyahu had expected it would go when he first got into power. This was like a tiny piece of the overall reform. What did the New Israel Fund make of that? This one piece of all the six months or eight months that we've talked, they only got one through. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, I think, you know, when, when the government signed its coalition deals, you know, we looked at every single piece along that list of all the things they promised. And there's, sure, there's a bunch of bad stuff in there, but there's about 50 things in there that change the rules of the game in, 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 in a democracy that those are things that would be enormously difficult to undo in a following coalition. Let's say they get voted out of power and they bring some, you know, let's let's say a different coalition comes in and tries to undo a bunch of that stuff. It's difficult to undo um, things that are actually making it easier for the last government to stay in power, for example, or to entrench more settlements, or to, um, or to fire the attorney general and get Netanyahu out of his corruption trials. Like all of these things that... Um, that uh, are in uh, that are in the vision of this uh, coalition in order to reshape Israel. You know, there's 50 of them, and they're moving through the list to try and get as many of, as they can. So when we saw them co- in, come into power, there was a big list. It was very alarming, um, and well, we we could not, however, have predicted the enormous pushback that we've seen, and that's a good thing. So the fact that they have only managed to pass one of their key pieces of legislation is is it's a victory it's certainly a victory um but we're not out of this yet and this government is still in power and that piece of the judge selection legislation still sits ready to pass at any moment so i think the the we need to be very proud of the israelis that have resisted and the civil society that is um uh, put up bulwarks to protect democratic um, institutions, and yet I think we still have to look at this as a as a massive um, blemish for Israel moving forward, and it's it's going to have effects that will be very difficult to undo. Steve McDonald from UJA Toronto said that Israel should be something Canadian Jews unite around. And it was troubling how polarizing the political upheaval had become in our community. So I, I think uh, the reaction was that we have is similar to what we're seeing throughout our community, which is um, really concerned with the level of polarization and uh, the intensity of, you know, what started as a political debate, but now is spread throughout society to the country's institutions to the level of families where people are finding it hard to, to talk to each other and listen to each other. And so on the one hand, you know, there's immediate policy questions and political questions that is, Israelis are wrestling with. But the bigger meta challenge is um, the cohesion of Israeli society. And we feel that in our community. You know, when we think about why this issue matters, 
Uh, look at what we did just a few months ago as a community. We had 25,000 people come together at the Walk with Israel. Israel has been a defining feature of the character and identity of our Toronto Jewish community for generations in a way that's quite exceptional in the diaspora compared to some communities, certainly in North America. And uh, that's a very special thing. It means that you can have tens of thousands of people uh, who have very different views about how Judaism should be practiced, who have very different views about politics. Uh, they come from different cultural backgrounds and from all corners of the world, and yet they can all share the same space on the Walk with Israel Day because they all love Israel for different reasons. Um, cultural, political, uh, uh, religious, social, familial. That's a very precious part of our community, and it's one of the secrets to, our, I think, our success in Toronto. And when Israeli society is beginning to, to tear apart and the fabric of Israeli society is being stretched in this way, um, we feel it here. And just as we've seen Israelis become extremely engaged, almost ultra and hyper democratic in this moment, people are, are, are uh, if anything, if apathetic, people are really quite exercised on either side of this issue. We're starting to feel that here in Toronto. And so um, from UJ's perspective, um, the most concerning thing that we need to think about as a community is how do we address the issue of polarization and how do, we ensure, how do we ensure that whether in Israel or here in Toronto, we can continue to talk to each other as Jews and understand each other as Jews. So what has that looked like practically from what UJA has done and is about to do or going to do? For sure. So uh, I'll start by saying, uh, you know, and this isn't new, this has nothing to do with the current political debate. Uh, for decades, uh, UJA's approach to investments in Israel have been focused on people and Israeli civil society. You know, there was a time, you know, generations ago where it was all about building the creation of a state and investing in the infrastructure of the state. Um, those days have long, long changed and, and have long gone. Um, our focus has been on strengthening civil society and strengthening the most marginalized, vulnerable elements of Israeli society. And I wanted to start by saying, you know, at a time of political uh, debate and fierce, fierce political debate, it can sometimes be lost that there are people in Israeli society who need our help regardless of politics. And from our perspective, that work is really important. And supporting Israeli civil society organizations that create a more cohesive society, ideally one where politics is less acrimonious, is also an important part of that work. Um, so that work's really going to continue. But what we're also doing is expanding our commitment to strengthening dialogue within Israeli society. Um, it's very challenging for any diaspora community that cares about Israel to stop and think, how can we make a unique, positive impact in a very difficult situation? Um, the one hand, uh, there might be an inclination to add to the volume of discourse, to add to the noise. And uh, certainly one can do that. Um, but I would argue, and I think, I think a lot of people in the community would agree, that the role of a federation, the role of the largest convening organization in the community, is really to bring people together and identify what can we all agree on in our community uh, would represent a unique and positive value add in this really tense situation in Israel. And I think the biggest value add we can offer is to help Israelis rebuild their ability to lower the volume, to listen to each other, not, not to hide differences, but to bring differences forward in a healthy way, uh, and to really emerge with a sense of shared national purpose, even if there's disagreements that remain about certain policy issues, which are healthy in any democracy. Look, speaking personally for a second, it's... Uh, it's an issue that means a lot to me. Uh, as you probably know, I'm a Jew by choice. I'm a convert. And Israel uh, changed my life. Uh, and I'm not special. There's a lot of people who've had that. Israel is a really uh, extraordinary and special thing. And it's only been around for 75 years. You know, this is, this is a precious thing that we need to do everything we can to protect and strengthen. 
Um, and there are lots of ways to do that. But what we can't do is be apathetic. Israelis aren't apathetic. We can't be apathetic. Understood. Okay, Steve, thanks a million for being on the CJN Daily and uh, giving us the perspective of the largest Jewish federation in Canada, the fourth largest in uh, North America. Joe Roberts is the chair of JSpace Canada, a progressive Israel advocacy group. He said that the Jewish community needs to be standing with the protesters in Israel now more than ever. Look, it was a dark day in Jewish history. Um, I don't think there's been a bigger blow to Jewish self-determination since the fall of the Second Temple. And that's not hyperbole. This is significant. Um, We're looking at a altered face of the Jewish state. And, you know, I think there are, uh, there's a lot of talk about the destruction of democracy in the wake of this. You know, I'm hopeful, actually. I don't think that we, we can resign ourselves to saying this is the end of democracy as of Monday. This is the beginning of a very long fight to maintain the democratic rule of the state of Israel. So what did J-Space say or do uh, in, the, in the wake of this in the last few days? Look, I mean, we, since the beginning, I mean, since, since January, we have been working very closely with protest leaders in Israel to understand what they're doing, what their concerns are, what their strategy is. Uh, we've been working with opposition leaders also in the same regard, obviously a little bit different, parliamentary versus extra-parliamentary, and in many ways, Though the real opposition to this government is in the streets. It's, it's not in the Knesset. Um, our response on Monday was one of, sh- of shock, of, of being gutted, of feeling concerned and fear um, for our brothers and sisters in Israel, I think, which many Jewish Canadians were feeling at that time. And, you know, look, we, we called on the government to make a statement, uh, the government of Canada to make a statement to, to show where we stand and where the shared values of kind of the rules-based international order are uh, of our relationship with Israel. Um, we called on people in our community to stand with the protesters and to make it clear that we do. Uh, and look, I think we made it very clear that this is not, you know, quote unquote, vibrant democracy. This is democracy under threat. The Israeli Knesset's is on recess until after the high holidays in October. It's a long time. What do you predict uh, J-Space Canada will be doing over the next few months? You mentioned grassroots discussions and things, but what what concrete things do you plan to do? Um, and, and maybe you can outline what that, what that looks like. Absolutely. So, look, we are going to be working within our community to build support uh, for protesters and protest movements, for civil society, working with our partners uh, on the progressive side of the organizations to show that they support the protest movement, that they stand for democracy, and that they want loud voices from the diaspora to speak out and say, this is not okay, we will not accept this, this changes the face of Israel. Um, Look, I think we're also, and maybe most importantly what we're doing, is we are working very closely with protest leaders to see what they're doing, what we can do to help them, and what they're asking of us. How can we answer their call? So they have a strategy. They're going to increase the intensity of protests. They're going to increase the disruptiveness of protests. Uh, They've made that very clear. Um, Look, I think there's a lot of talk about, you know, the, the, the opinion pages yesterday were covered with, will there be a civil war? That was the question. We all, have, we all have a voice here. We all have uh, a role to play in this conversation. And what Canada does, what the third, third maybe fourth largest, depending on the, the demographic uh, numbers you look at, the Jewish community in the world says and does matters here. It matters. And so we need to be doing and saying everything we can to prevent what's happening there. 
And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. We're a proud member of the CJN Podcast Network. Our executive producer is Michael Freeman. Thanks for listening. Jewish comedy legend Modi and Hasidic rapper Nisim Black are coming to Toronto to perform live at UJA's campaign launch on September 7th. Visit jewishtoronto.com to get your tickets today. Don't miss Modi and Nisim Black on September 7th. Go to jewishtoronto.com for your ticket today.